You are listening to the Gentleman's Scofflaw Podcast. Listener beware. Rise and shine, the liquor store is open. I ain't got time for moping. I best be on my way. Well, I still got time to save my reputation. Time to go day drinking in this dirty little town. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Gentleman's Scofflaw Podcast, the podcast for the rebel and the renaissance man. I'm your host, Jordan Crowder, and as usual, joining me from the great white north is John G. Goodman, and in studio is Donovan Fowler. How are you guys doing? Real swell. Real swell? Yeah, doing great. Thanks for asking. Yeah. um, How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm good. I'm too good. You're doing good. <laughs> you want a soda? Yeah. Um, that's all we need is is Family Guy references. Um, I'm just wondering where the paper boy is. <laughs> that was my next. That was next in my lineup. You and I are thinking like John. What are we now? Now freshmen. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's start off a little bit of housekeeping. Um, I am drinking some uh, Evan Williams because um, I'm also a cheapskate. In case you haven't known, uh, what do you got there, John? I'm sticking with my Stella this week again. Oh, good, good. He man knows what he likes. And uh, you, Donovan, you just got some. Just I know some water. In I there. know. Well, I, you know, to, I I left my flask at home, and uh, you know, I just uh, decided it's dry here in L.A. Man, you're right. We've got winds. You're doing the right thing. You're, you're 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 being the healthy person. I may I may I may actually dip into your Evan Williams maybe on the rocks because oh. it's also hot. Yeah, it is. It is really so. hot. It isn't an Artemaliness mug though, so that makes up for it. And I am smoking some Aristocrat um, from that little shop in Texas uh, in my little nose warmer pipe, which you guys made fun of me for last time. But yeah, it looks like a. It's- it's like a troll's it's still pipe. funny looking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys make fun of it. I was at Pipe Club uh, two weeks ago, and a, a pipe a pipe maker said, "That's a very nice pipe. It's very made out of really good Italian briar. That's a really a good pipe." Was so, this John, Donald Trump <laughs> talking to you? Maybe he has a crush on you, George. Watch out. That's that's a really nice pipe. Yeah. It's, it looks like it's made out of briar. It's a great. Pipe. <laughs> it's a great it's pipe. Be the best pipe. It's the best pipe. Uh, it wasn't built in China. China. Um, right. <laughs> And uh, later on in the show, we actually have um, a licensed uh, therapist, Eric Anderson, and he's going to uh, answer some questions we have about therapy and uh, just talk about uh, just talk about some uh, you know manly issues as it relates to uh, you know mental health. Licensed to kill and yeah. to diagnose your mental problems before he does it. <laughs> I, I'm a little scared to be honest. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you think like are you one of those people whenever you talk to someone that you know works in psychology you think that they're like analyzing you the whole time? I get like Oh, I know they are. It's, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> Well, you know you, you know what uh Freud said about the Irish. He said that they're the only people impervious to psychoanalysis because they already live in a dream world. Oh, well. So I don't know if that was an insult or if he was if he was saying our, the old country is beautiful. <laughs> it, was, it made us feel special. Was he special. Irish? No, he, would, no, he was wasn't he? German. Oh, yeah, uh, German. German. So what's uh, what's going on in your week, John? I see you got a haircut. You kind of got the, uh, like the, like the Hardy Boys slash... Uh, 
Forrest Gump kind of look going on. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of those sound like compliments. <laughs> and I mean that in the nicest way possible. <laughs> Which one's more bad? Well, at least Forrest Gump is a veteran. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got the high and tight going on, I think is what he's trying to say. Yeah, high and tight. It's very neat. Yeah. It, it's like it's it. nice for the coming touch. summer months. Mm. It's a lot more comfortable. Well, that's good. Yeah. So the, I guess the big news that I heard today, the uh, a alcohol company that produces gin accidentally released a bunch of bottles at 77 proof. Really? You got to stock up on those, Everyone was kind of upset, you know, but I thought, well, finally, some affordable gasoline. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, fuel's probably pretty expensive up there in in Canada, like it is in California. We're hovering around about, I think, a buck 20 a liter, which if you do the conversion to gallons and the exchange rate... Probably around nine American a gallon. Oh, holy crap! No, it's not. It's not that much, no. but it's. I'll work on the math. <laughs> Come back to me later in the show. By the, by the way, fact checking myself. Uh, Freud was Austrian, not German. Oh, sorry. Same thing. <laughs> hey, don't tell the people in Sound of Music that. Hey, sometimes Adel a bites. cigar is just a cigar, Donovan. <laughs> Whatever, man. It, oh, Whatever. Is a pipe ever just a pipe? <laughs> oh, no. uh, point match. No. Uh, touche. Well, I, I don't know if you guys have, have heard of this uh, series on Hulu, but I started watching it with uh, my wife. It's called The Handmaid's Tale. Hashtag we will bear no more. We will bear no more. And it's interesting. I've seen the posters. It's dark. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's dark. It, um, it looks like one of those uh, series where they've done a lot of good, like, I mean, what it's a, it's a trending topic in the industry now, but like people yeah. are always talking about world building. Yeah. And I think if it looks like they got the tone and the world right and the casting, it's just, I don't know, those dystopian, like future things. Yeah. Sometimes they, they miss the mark so much. I'll have to watch it. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Well, it's well done, but there's some awkward things about, you know, the surrogacy pregnancy and all that stuff. But of course they always do the thing. Hollywood is a thing. Well, I know it's a book before, but it's like they've taken like this Christian fundamentalist kind of idea, like that's taken over the world, which like in real life, it, it'll never happen. Like, yeah. it's just like, it's only, only in Hollywood can that exist. And yeah. that's the only thing well, that bothers well, me about it. You know, I mean, that's always the thing. It's like Sarah Silverman said about like the, the thing where she, she said she makes fun of the Jews and Christians because she knows she can get away with it. Yeah. You know, a lot of times it's like you, the fundamentalist Christian thing just seems like it's been overdone. Um, yeah. yeah, but there, you know, there obviously there are crazy groups out there. No, yeah, I know, and I could take fringe. I could They're take a majority. joke. Like yeah. I laugh at you know stuff making fun of Christians yeah, all the yeah. time, and I it I has mean, to be funny. That's yeah, the thing. It has to be funny. Yeah, Handmaid's Tale. Why aren't you being funny? <laughs> why aren't you funny about it? <laughs> Let's get some humor in there. And I mean, fun fact. Uh, what uh, speaking of weird, crazy cults, uh, I believe the um, the Mad Men girl who's in it. Yeah. She's like a lifelong Scientologist. Yeah, which is weird. I mean, like, does she like, get the irony in this? Out, but she's, yeah, I know, right? I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's still in it. I know, she, like, it was a family thing for her. Like, her parents were Scientologists, and now she's yeah. a Scientologist. But yeah, it is a little, you know, 
who who do you think is going to do it other than the Scientologists and the crazies, you know? Yeah. Sorry to all our Scientologist listeners out but, there. But it's definitely worth, a, a, you know, watching because I always, I, I'm always get a little bit conspiracy theorist about kind of, you know, a government having too much control and what mm-hmm, that means mm-hmm. and stuff. I just, I mean, I think that they're just, they're off the mark in terms of what that would be in the future, but I don't think it's that far just, off in the future. You know what the answer is? Freedom. Freedom. Freedom on the back of a bald eagle. <laughs> and back to grave Graveheart. <laughs> Graveheart. Whoa. Uh, we're going to have to do a, a, a mulligans on that. Second take, please. Um, yeah, I know. Actually, I found a, a so it happens when you're drinking every was, Williams in the I afternoon. I was bummed because we should have used this picture last, uh, last episode, but um, I found a picture of uh, Mel Gibson in full costume for that movie in his director's chair in Scotland doing a straight edge razor shade really yeah it's pretty funny it's like he's sitting there and he's just like touching up like his top lip but really it's uh yeah i guess he wanted to be somewhat authentic i wonder i mean they didn't well, have, when we have him on their show uh, we know what we can use as a promo they pick. had Gillette back in the 13th century right yeah. I mean, come on now be be historically uh, well i even think like straight razors uh, like the kind we know with like the what do you call it the uh that have the scale on it and the, like the, the traditional barber ones that's only a couple hundred years yeah, old yeah i uh, i've always wondered like when you see like you know some of these guys like what did people use to shave their face back then that's something i think it was a stone asked, uh, douglas and yeah well when we have him on again in the future we could ask him about it or else i'm actually gonna be on his show uh tomorrow so no, i'll ask like, him about it then i was talking about that'll be the extremist group of the uh of the old time shaving community the people who uh just use a, a really sharp flint rock <laughs> it's, it's like, so much better man how more authentic can you get <laughs> all right let's uh let's go over to some uh listener of mail Listener mail. All right, this is the part of the show where we uh, read your feedback, and you could interact with us on social media. You could send us an email, or you can leave us a voicemail at man81scoff, and all those links are on our website if you want to get in touch with us. We also accept uh, uh, entry by Carrier Pigeon. Yes. And Telegram and Train. All of those all of those ways will get to us. Um <laughs> <laughs> talk about falling flat all right uh all right let's look let's go over to some itunes reviews uh there john what does what does itunes have to say about us all right this one's from farty meldman eyes again <laughs> um, an old friend and it says although i indulge in neither alcohol nor tobacco this is an excellent podcast I am a scofflaw in that I am lactose intolerant, but enjoy dairy products. Living on the edge. <laughs> yet, yet I am also a gentleman. Uh, I couple my enjoyment with uh, digestive <laughs> enzymes to reduce flatulence. That's That must be the, the name, the, the origin of the name yeah. and the origin story. P.S. This is not another review by a family member. Uh... <laughs> Although, if someone is looking to adopt, I'm open to discussion. Unless it's the Canadian, there's no way I'm making my way to the Great White North again. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You have to say, I'm to, sorry. He wrote it. He I'm wrote sorry. It. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't say that. <laughs> yeah, you do. John's been working on trying to get rid of it, I think. And so that's why he read it properly. Yeah, eh? <laughs> you know, the first time I ever heard about that, like about Canadians, uh, like that they're trying to be actors working in the entertainment industry. 
was uh, Alicia Cuthbert, our old high school friend. 24. Um, she had to go through, or I don't know if it, I've heard that she had to go through training to get rid of her Canadian accent, and I still hear it in everything yeah, she's in. Well, even I, like, <laughs> in retrospect, it didn't, like, my, my roommate and I actually watched, uh, rewatched, I think, seasons one through three of 24, two through three, and uh, she's she features strongly in that, and uh, in retrospect, I can definitely pick up on that. Yeah. But she is very, very attractive. John, I mean, when you're I mean, the daughter Donovan. of Jack Bauer, <laughs> <laughs> right there. What, what we got a little Instagram uh, review there. What what is uh, what does Instagram say, Don? The Instagram is. Um, I'm going to try to read this name, but I'm going to butcher it. Soringo Land Sons. You're that's soaring. It's soaring owl oh. sons. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was Gaelic. Um, soaring Owl and Sons. Why don't you spell soaring the right way? Sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, Get out of my house. Okay, here we go. Just listen to a very don't enjoyable... Don't it. Sorry. <laughs> Just interrupting me left and right. No respect. Just listen to a very sorry. enjoyable and funny episode of the podcast. Gentlemen Scofflaws, if you haven't heard these guys, you should give them a listen. Two words. Aromatic cherry. <laughs> hashtag aromatic cherry. It keeps coming back, guys. Included, You're you know hashtagging, what? Dono. It deserves to come back. It deserves to come <laughs> You're back. You're trending on, the, uh, on Instagram. <laughs> the, um, the, and they, they included a, uh, a little emoji of uh, cherries, that's, which I appreciate. We're never going to live that down, I think. I hey, think that's going to be on the dying episode. It's gold, my friend. It sounds like They're a t-shirt slogan. And, and we got a message from Facebook here that says, I really enjoy the podcast. It's exactly the thing I've been looking for. I've been listening to The Art of Manliness, Joe Rogan, and Steven Crowder. I don't know who that is. Yeah, who's that guy? And uh, many other podcasts for more education than chilling for years. But I'm all, uh, But I always wanted something a bit more, more like this. You filled the hole, my friends. Looking forward to the episodes. Christopher Morgan. Well, thank you, Chris. Glad, glad we could fill a hole. <laughs> I knew you would go for the cheap laugh. I mean, I was going to say, when I read Chilling, I, I thought it was like talking more of like a suspense, like, you know, <laughs> like suspense capacity. Like, I, I read it as Chilling, like he was talking about, you know, old uh, English uh, currency. Oi, oi, uh, mm. oi, mate, you got a Chilling for me. Well, thank you everybody for those uh, those uh, those interactions, and we appreciate the feedback, and it keeps us going. So it's, it's great. It's always That's great right. uh, reading these. That yeah. they they add it makes they me want to come lot. back next week. Yeah. Well, maybe they don't want you next week. <laughs> yeah, it seems like they're not fond of the we're Canadian. We're still in the contract <laughs> negotiations for you. All right, uh, let's go to a break, and then when we come back, we'll be on with Eric Anderson, therapist extraordinaire. Everyone's an extraordinaire on this show. This part of the show is brought to you by Phoenix Shaving, makers of the most excellent aftershaves, shaving soaps, and all things traditional man. One of my favorite products of theirs are their aftershaves. Phoenix Shaving intentionally blurs the lines between traditional aftershave and classic cologne. Each batch of aftershave cologne is created by using traditional perfuming methods, giving the wearer a high dose of quality skin food matched by the staying power of berry white. 
Now I tell you this stuff is amazing. It'll it'll make your skin feel great after a shave and the alum and menthol just removes all irritation and razor bumps. Um, they have classic barber scents and even more creative soap and aftershave fragrances. Like my favorite is the tombstone scent. It smells like leather, tobacco, and gunpowder. Pretty unique. So ditch those vials of chemicals you buy at the drugstore every month and grab some artisan soap and aftershaves from Phoenix Shaving. Go to GentlemanScofflaw.com slash shave to help support the show and get some fantastic manly grooming products. Phoenix Shaving. Shaving outside the box. All right. Um, I'm excited to uh, have this next guest. Um, and I know I say this every week, but this is a good friend of mine. Um, Eric Anderson, uh, therapist extraordinaire. Uh, that's the <laughs> title I've given you. How you doing? Thanks for coming on. Oh, definitely. No, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, glad I was able to connect with you guys and uh, talk scofflaw. Yeah, talk scofflaw and talk, talk therapy, which, you know, yeah. sometimes the man... The scofflaw in the man doesn't want to talk about his feelings. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. you need sometimes you need a little bit of a mediator between the gentleman and the scofflaw yeah. inside yourself. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, what what can tell our listeners? What kind of therapist are you, and what's your area of expertise? Sure. Yeah. So I'm a I'm a licensed uh, marriage and family therapist. Uh, primarily work with individuals, but I do some couples work as well, and I. My two, my two specializations are, so I'm a certified sex addiction therapist, so I specialize in helping guys struggling with compulsive sexual behaviors, pornography addiction, that whole realm, and then um, helping their relationships bounce back from things like that. Um, and then I'm also a trauma therapist, so I specialize, um, I use a type of therapy called EMDR, um, which is really helpful uh, type of therapy. It gets people in their body, their feelings, helps them process things in a very specific and quick way. Um, so people tend to like it and people tend to, you know, get better. So well, that's good. Yeah. And, and when I say trauma, it's that, you know, that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. It's, I kind of approach that as just any sort of underlying reason behind why you're feeling depressed, feeling anxious, feeling all whatever symptoms come up that you don't want to be feeling. Oh, wow. Well, that that uh, makes me think of this big thing that's going around in the news this week. Speaking of trauma, um, oh, I don't yeah. know if you saw this. There's these parents that make these prank videos on YouTube, and they just their their kids just got taken away from them by social services. Yeah. The videos got taken down, and the yeah. kids got got yanked. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if you if you watched any of these videos, but like at first I thought like in this kind of day and age, you know, my antenna always goes up when I hear. You know, oh, these kids are being, these parents are being abusive or whatever. I'm like, well, what does that mean nowadays? Because yeah. now, like, anything is considered abuse. But you watch these videos and. It's really abuse. It's like yeah. terrible. I mean, I could, I could, I, I read the, I read the article you sent me, and I, I just compelled myself to find one of the videos to watch them, and I could barely make it through because it really is like, I mean, they, I think there's a term for it in the in in psychology called gaslighting. Where oh, yeah. like you 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 make somebody think that they're that they've done something or you know in this case it's for a prank but like to, to I don't know it's it's stuff that interrogators do to like <laughs> to get people to give up information you don't really bounce like you don't bounce back from that easily yeah. it's and and the the amount of cursing that's going on and stuff around those oh, kids yeah. like the f words being thrown around left and right it's just like oh, no. Geez. 
What Terrible. You, in your professional opinion, uh, Eric, what are these <laughs> kids going to need to go through after all of this? Yeah, I mean, they'll probably need some, uh, some trauma therapy for <laughs> now all the times Call my them. parents <laughs> would say all sorts of awful things and then broadcast my terror on the internet to yeah. millions of people. Um, yeah, that's that's going to leave some scars. <laughs> well, I, I think, too, the, the biggest problem with it is they're, they're just bad pranks, too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> forget sure, right. the abuse well, around that. There's pranks, no payoff. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, it's... Okay. Yeah. Especially with, like, with with kids and, you know, playing pranks. And I've, I'm, I did youth work for a while. I've done my share of, you know, scaring middle schoolers at camp, that type of thing. But, you know, usually by the end of it, we're coming out, we're laughing about it afterwards, and it's a bonding experience. But yeah. when the the prank ends in tears and that's it, yeah, that's that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot of emotional toil involved in a, in a lot of pranks. So I, there's one there's one thing in that video and one video that I saw in this article where I guess they told the kid he wasn't going to Disneyland for something that he did and it was a prank. But at one point, the the cameras on the kid and the mom or the I forget the dad or I don't know if they're like married or they're, if it's the think, actual dad the, it's, a it's the actual dad and then i think the mom married him and then the actual mom is in north carolina well she's like oh yeah mm. and uh so-and-so's uh going to nana's and not going to disneyland and you could see when the kid when the one i don't know if anybody's talking about this but when she says that the kid uh, he's going to nana's i forget the name of the kid the kid smiles for fr a fraction of a second and then he goes back into like sulking. Like he thinks like, it's almost like the idea of going to his grandma's is so much better than being around these turds than, <laughs> than going to Disneyland. I don't know. I don't know. It was just a little insight. No, I you might be picking up on something there. Cause that's <laughs> not, there's it's not nothing. There's something yeah. happening. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. Who needs thrills when you live in a house like that? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you mentioned that you, uh, you, you, that one of your expertise is uh, sex edition, uh, sex, sex edition. No. <laughs> For people that want to well, add sex, sex to their lives. Life. Um, that, that, that comes afterwards. That's yeah. they get hooked and we add it. And then you add it. Um, yeah. yeah. So sex addiction, pornography addiction. Um, mm -hmm. And the thing is like when a lot of uh, time this day and age, when somebody he says, uh, "Oh, so and so is a sex addict," and 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 people just think, "Oh, you mean you mean a guy?" <laughs> like, like, so what's, <laughs> right. like, what's the difference between a sex addict and like what a you know a, like a healthy like male sex drive? Regular, is, yeah, yeah, sex drive and horniness. It's, um, I mean, addiction in general, whether we're talking about sex or substances or whatever, it's it's largely measured by its consequences, and it's like it's escalation or tolerance buildup, things like that. So like with pornography, if, you know, someone's consuming that for a certain period of time, it's just kind of a regular thing. You know, you can have whatever you think about it morally value wise. There's that, but it's, it's, if it's, they're not able to continue or get the same high, or they got to look at it more and more hours a day, um, escalation in different types of intensity. Um, and a big thing that's coming out now for a lot of young people is, um, porn induced erectile dysfunction where a lot mm -hmm. of like young dudes in their twenties aren't able to perform, um, in relationships, but they have no problem, uh, with, with porn when it's hours at a time. So, um, you know, you see relationship consequences there. Um, 
and certainly keeping secrets, things like that, there's, you know, all sorts of issues that come into play. So the biggest thing is consequences, um, and escalation tolerance buildup. Yeah. Would you say like, uh, I always wondered like, so, you know, you know how they talk about how somebody may have a, you know, kind of a, a different sex drive than somebody else. Mm-hmm. He's asking uh, for a friend. <laughs> yeah, yes. this, this is my friend. <laughs> this is my friend who's asking this. No, but like, uh, you know, obviously people have different sex drives. Would you yeah. say, um, in your experience, do you find that, that people with uh, kind of a, a, a larger sex drive, that they are more prone to, to sex addiction or porn addiction or, or something like that? Um, no, I, I'd say they're, they're two pretty distinct things. Someone who has a high sex drive, um, you know, it, that, that's, that's very different than, you know, keeping secrets in relationships. Someone who has a high sex drive can be perfectly healthy, can be open about that in their relationship. Maybe there's some issues to work out with their partner if, you know, whatever struggles come up there and different, uh, levels of desire for sex. Mm-hmm. But, um, that's when it when it comes to a level of addiction if if they become more prone to using sex or porn use or whatever it is in order to cope with feelings they don't want to have um in ways they might not be aware of i'd say there could be overlap between the two um someone with a high sex drive may think oh this is just a high sex drive but there's really all these deep down awful feelings I have that I'm trying to not feel. And I'm subconsciously, I'm not even aware that I'm, I'm doing this to cope with that. Um, but then, you know, there's plenty of people with who just want to have a lot of sex and it's healthy and they talk about it and they can be congruent in their lives with that. Um, we get a lot of training and, and I'm big on not just pathologizing sex or sexuality. That's not, that's not what this type of works about at all. Yeah. Well, it's it, it seems like that this problem, I don't know if, if sex addiction has always been a major problem, but I feel like this day and age with the access you have to yeah. any kind of pornography you can imagine on the Internet at your fingertips, like literally at your fingertips now on your yeah. cell phone, if you wanted to, like, I feel I don't know if it I feel like technology plays a lot of um, a big role in that nowadays, because, I mean, can you think of our grandfathers having like that same I mean, sure, they'd have to go like, you know, buy some nudie magazine in, in some yeah. little, you know, den and, it you know, behind the grocery oh, store yeah. or, whatever. or or the the creepy guy in a trench coat sneaking into the dirty movie theater trying not to right. be noticed by by anyone i mean that was that was the way it used yeah. to go back in the day and and your point about technology is great and, and that's not just with with you know uh electronics and internet and all that i mean that's that's huge and that's exponentially building right now but um i mean historically addiction rates have always escalated as technologies advanced i mean even you go back to cars being invented in the wheel and you know now we could get the booze from the city to or from the country where all the moonshiners were to the city <laughs> now there's more access to all sorts of things and you know just rates of more people who might be prone to addiction um had access to things and and you know now with your phones and technology and you know you can any second of any day just i need a five minute break i'm going to sneak off and browse whatever i want to on my phone yeah and i, I remember when uh 
Apple came out with uh, their ad for the iPhone. It was like back in 2008. Um, yeah. They have like, it's a shot of the phone and it's uh, the fingers swiping through uh, like a Safari browser. And it's like, it's not, you know, kind of the internet. It's not a piece of the internet. You know, yeah. it's the whole internet. And I was thinking like, <laughs> I just remember thinking, like, this would be a perfect thing for a Saturday Night Live at that at that line to just swipe to a page that's just fully blurred. Because <laughs> it's just so, it's just like, you know, like, as soon as that was available on people's cell phones, that yeah. that's what they were going to be used for. Yeah. Well, I mean, even when the internet first started in 1994, like... I mean, I was I was in second grade or something then, but I remember a big thing about like don't go on chat rooms because people get in trouble on chat rooms, and even like it just started. People didn't even know what to do with it, but people well, are already finding out ways to act out sexually with it. Well, yeah, I mean, there was like a joke. I remember watching an old Seinfeld rerun where uh, uh, I think George is is talking about getting a computer, and and Jerry <laughs> says like, "What are you going to do with a computer?" And then he's like. You know. look for porn <laughs> you know <laughs> and like i mean you, you yeah, i mean like obviously our cell phones have become like an extension of ourselves at this point right. because they're so vital to our lifestyles but when you start you know i mean i, I imagine when you start like integrating porn or or you know any sort of unhealthy aspect into that it's going to you know really affect your life i mean and 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 like you said it's like i had a history teacher who used to always say that no matter what happens in, in history, whether war or, you know, economic crisis, three things will not be affected. And that's gambling, booze and porn. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and I, I think that's, I think that's remained true that, yeah. you know, the, those are, they're very, I guess you could say sort of primal, primal things that, that are, you know, well, I remember like, I remember even learning in film school, like, like like the first photographs and the first films and stuff like <laughs> taken, yeah. like, nakedness was always like one of the first things oh yeah let's try and get some nude shots yeah, <laughs> like that well, was the first and, thing and even like, that people you, think of naked people yeah, yeah well even like i think the the origin of the word pornography goes back to like the greeks and it means like the drawing of the prostitutes or something which i just imagine a guy running off to a cave like, you know, like okay let's let's act out these fantasies but but yeah no it's it's definitely it's definitely something that you know people don't realize how long it's been around and i think how how easy it is to sort of integrate into human nature even though it's something that you don't really want now do you think that people that that have addiction to pornography um are prone to other addictions or do you find that it's a very specific thing and i mean how common is it that's that's a good question is how common is it it's so i actually uh, we're just learning today um it's it's kind of largely um, there's a guy named Rob Weiss, and, and he's he's got a theory about how a lot of sexual addictions kind of split into two types. There's there's deep attachment wounds and traumas and things from the past, all those psychodynamic things that happen. Um, and then you know you find sexual ways to feel better, act out in all sorts of other ways, and that's that's a lot of you know you get the whack-a-mole effect with addiction. One uh, one addiction gets uh, addressed, another one pops up. Um, but then there's another subtype, which is kind of this, this, um, younger generation of people that are growing up with technology. Porn is a source of, uh, sex education and it, it becomes a, just a way to, to disconnect. And I'd say that's becoming far and far more common as it's 
you're staying disconnected in normal relationships and porn just becomes, you know, an easy replacement because it's, you have to be, uh, much less vulnerable. There's less stress with that. You don't have to deal with, uh, intimacy issues, uncomfortable feelings, uh, vulnerabilities, all that. Um, and so that, that's becoming far and far, it, that's becoming far more common. Um, yeah. well, does that make sense? Yeah. Well, if you think of it too, like any other type of addiction, um, to keep up with it is very expensive. Sure. Right. <laughs> you know, like porn is basically free. So it's like, I don't, I feel like that adds a whole nother layer to it where it's like, it's right. so, especially, a, a you know, a young kid. What are you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say also, I mean, like, you know, there, there seems to be kind of a stigma with other addictions. Uh, whereas like porn has become more and more mainstream. Like, I mean, you even have some movies that are like, uh, I think like uh, uh, Don John, that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. movie. It was sponsored by porn companies, which ironically was about a guy mm. who was a porn addict, but kind of took yeah. a soft stance on like, you know, what to do about it. But he, he got porn companies to sponsor it. And now, now like these are like, I mean, I, I hate to use the word household names, but like you'll hear, you know, kids know what Pornhub is and like all that you know, yeah. stuff. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely, it's got, wait, 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 what's this? There's a, what's this called? <laughs> what's, what, what, do you want me to give I never heard address? of this. Uh, but, uh, but no, I, I think, I think my point is, is that like, you know, alcoholism, uh, drug addiction, they all seem to be things that people dramatize. Yeah. But when it comes to porn or sex addiction, more, more so with porn, People are a little bit, there's like, there's shame that, that's involved in it. And there's, there's also like, people just don't take it seriously, well, you know, I would even though it's like a, it's you, a chemical thing in the brain. I would agree with you, but I would say where that's different is probably in the religious communities or the faith-based communities yeah, yeah. where there's, I, and that's, that kind of brings, brings us to another topic where, um, people are afraid to talk about it if they have that addiction. Yeah. And, um, there's actually... I think that a lot of pe a lot of guys would find that they're not alone um, in speaking about that and yeah, coming I mean, like, forward with it. There's a quote I think from maybe it's like James Dobson or something. He's like he says like ninety percent of guys look at porn and ten percent are lying or something like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. like I mean, basically, it's it's a very it you know I mean we we are sexual creatures as they say well i um it's when i mentioned that you were coming on i got a private message from somebody that uh, wanted to ask this question and i'll read it to you on the air and i think it, it funnels into what we're talking about um yeah he says i struggle with pornography on a daily basis just a very uh small thought or innuendo can send me flying into all sorts of disgusting videos on the internet. I'm also looking go uh, for a girlfriend, but I don't know if finding someone will help me more or, or give me more reason to quit or make things worse and possibly hurting the relationship. Should something like a relationship wait until this problem is fully taken care of? I want to get this issue out of the way because I want to settle down with a family and it drains me of my energy and motivation. So, you know. yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I definitely commend that, that, that whoever wrote that for just, I mean, the courage and the guts it takes to just put something out there, even if it's, you know, anonymously. And I, the first thing I'd say is definitely keep reaching out for help and keep talking about that. It's far more common of, you know, an issue and a thing, uh, Donovan, like you were starting to say, then I think a lot of people realize, um, yeah, I mean, you know, in response to the question, um, 
you know, should I, should I wait for a relationship until this is something that's taken care of? It's definitely the type of thing that, you know, will get in the way and, you know, just your self-confidence and being able to be honest with someone. I, I think a good litmus test is if you feel like you have to keep a secret with your partner in a relationship um, around something like that, it's it's probably going to be leading towards some deeper problems. Um, you know, you can keep it a secret and then it comes out much farther down the road and then it's a much bigger issue than it would be. Um so yeah, I mean it's definitely you know something to something to take a look at and take care of, and you know you kind of get a glimpse into that. Um, you know, it's on a daily basis, and the smallest thing can just kind of trigger me and send me into that. And a lot of people have sexual thoughts and things that you know will pop in your head, and that's that's normal. But then there's I mean, when just I was a teenager, hijack. all it took was a stiff breeze. Yeah, right, right. Emphasis <laughs> on stiff. That's all right. I didn't mean to interrupt <laughs> you. Go ahead. No, that's good. Anyone that throwing that. Um, <laughs> But, uh, no, it's just the, the, um, you know, the slightest thing just hijacks the rest of your day and you're, you know, you're, you're off to the races with that. And then you, you feel all the shame afterwards and that, that's just a painful way to live. (laughs) We're stuck in that. It's, I don't want to be in that, but you know, I know that cycle all too well. Um, so yeah, it's find the courage and talk about it, ask for help and, um, find you're not alone. Yeah. Definitely. And definitely, um, it kind of funnels into this next question is that, you know, I mean, guys are stubborn, right? They don't yeah. even like to, they don't even like to ask for directions uh, or even look at the manual when building the Ikea couch, which I always have to do twice. You have your cell phone, you have Google Maps <laughs> and Pornhub on your cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you need in Sorry the palm of your hand. I don't, I don't want to Por- throw that name Porn around. Hub. I don't want to throw that name around too much no. to give them free advertising. <laughs> Oh yeah. So I mean, what would you say to men about uh, about getting help? Because there's almost this kind of stigma that men feel like, oh, you know, I should have my stuff together. Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, and I, I I totally relate to that. I hate asking for directions. And, <laughs> you know, trying to trying to figure out how to do anything there. So, um, but I think that there's you know the, with the idea of manliness, it's so much being self aware and knowing knowing your own crap, knowing where your blind spots are, knowing what your insecurities are and being able to own those and, and work through them. I think, you know, some of the some of the men in my life who I most admire and I find most people I talk to, you know, agree with me on this, they're the people who are vulnerable about these things. And yeah, I've struggled with porn or I've struggled with um alcoholism, whatever whatever our issues are, I I am super insecure in this place and I know that and I, I find I can trust those people uh, far more than, you know, someone who's just totally oblivious to, oh, you know, that's just those dirty guys who do all that. And they're not even aware of yeah. their behavior and you know, how that plays in. Comes yeah. Into play. So, yeah, it's um, the more aware you can be, you're, you're going to be better off in a relationship um, and just you're going to feel better. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's a I feel like. I feel like too, like just being able to, like we're doing right now, get together as guys and talk about things. Like I feel like that doesn't happen enough nowadays, and that's yeah. one of the reasons why I, we we started this podcast. Because um, it's like, you know, either being at like a a church men's group or a barber shop or a cigar yeah. lounge or something yeah. where guys yeah. are hanging around and talking and and, and relating to each other. You I know, think, I think it would help. Like it, it definitely would help masculine psychology. Like 
much mm. more if you had uh, a sense of community to rely on. And I think that's mm. something that more and more, you know, I, I living in LA, LA is so much of a fragmented community already that, you know, it's like right. you live in Glendale, I live in Hollywood, you know, all that stuff. I got a friend across the country. It's like, it's, it's harder to find a, a solid, you know, group of guys that you can really, you know, rely on for your emotional stress and things like that, you know? And I, I think that is a big difference that we're starting to kind of find in our generational, you know, as we go on yeah. is that, you know, uh, there, the people, people either aren't looking for that or they have a hard time finding that, you know, that kind of support network that they can rely on, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. But I think people are, people are starved for that too. I have a yeah, couple absolutely. of groups I do and, and when people get in them, um, you know, they're, they're dying to talk about these things. You're deep in your soul. You like, you don't want to be alone with what, I mean, whether it's an insecurity or an addiction or whatever it is, it's, yeah. I think, I think at our core, we were wired to connect, um, especially with just other men who know what, you know, these types of issues are like and who get it. Yeah. Yeah. So put down the video games and go to a barber shop. Yeah. There you go. Go get, get your haircut. haircut and you yeah. Get a haircut, you hippie. <laughs> 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 well, I uh, I want to shift over to I got a question here uh, on another question online from Twitter from uh, Justin Robinson. He wants to know because we talk a lot about movies on this podcast, so he wants to know what movie depicts a therapist the most accurately. <laughs> The articulation, there. the articulation. <laughs> yeah, it's hard hearing myself. No, it's, back. it's it's a that's a really fun question. It's also really hard to answer because there's so many different types of therapists and so many different you know theories and ways of doing things. Yeah. I mean, you got Robin Williams on you know Goodwill Hunting is very personable and mm -hmm. very you know relatable, and then there's. Uh, what's yeah, like the, the Sopranos what's the, the Freud with, movie, a dangerous yeah. method yeah. with you know where it's very detached and psychosexual and all that stuff. That you know, <laughs> like that I mean, that's back in the day. And when Freud that's was, going back to the OG of Freud. Yeah, and when, young, when, when Freud was doing coke and <laughs> having talking about sex with whoever he could um and smoked but, a lot uh, of cigars oh yeah <laughs> i just imagine anybody who would listen he was just telling about that stuff it was all therapy for him <laughs> right um but i mean you know you, you still have psychoanalysts who do work based off of you know his stuff um but i i, I think my personal style and what I think is, is I've found to be the most effective is just the, the relationship type building. Um, and I think the closest thing that, that comes to that in the films is, you know, Rob Williams and Goodwill Hunting or I forget the guy in uh, Ordinary People. It's, I mean, it's relating, it's connecting, it's talking yeah. about, um, you know, the real issues and, you know, what's really going on. Um, just relating on a human level um, and working out your issues. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I mean, that was one movie that I always loved, and I was like, oh, that this therapist seems cool. Maybe I'll go to therapy. Right. Yeah. Not like the the psych nurse ratchet on one flew over two minutes. <laughs> well, you always like that's always what I think is like I think of a guy sitting in the corner with a notepad analyzing your every thought, and it's like You're that's right. intimidating. You know, like I wouldn't want to oh. go to that. I don't um, want to go to that either. <laughs> Tell me about your mother. Um, is that? Do you ever ask that question, or is that just in movies? Not like that, but yeah. <laughs> not, not not that specific. <laughs> I mean, unless I want to be ironic. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, let's. I want to start a new segment on this show uh, with Eric, and we're going to go to a new segment that we like to call. 
Is John a sociopath? <laughs> is he? I, I, I still don't know. Yeah. Um, I think we, if you have to ask got those, questions. Yeah. He's so got those dead we eyes. got this guy, John. He's told a lot yeah. of stories on this show, which, uh, which may lead us to think that he might be a sociopath. Um, I mean, how, how, can, how can we know? Can you psychoanalyze John and see if he's a sociopath? Through the Skype call that we're so doing, can I just look at your picture and see if he's sociopath? <laughs> well, he's smiling and laughing a lot, which you know, there's, there's, that's usually a good sign that he's not. But you know, I don't know what's going beard. on. Maybe, sounds, maybe sounds he's trying glib. to size everyone up and he wants to slit your throat. When you're not <laughs> sounds glib and self-absorbed. Well, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I've always worried that too because I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a guy, kind of guy that like doesn't seem to like like a lot of people a lot. Sociopath? And I'm like, maybe I'm a sociopath. Or a psychopath. Maybe you're a psychopath. Maybe. I still, I've, I've done a lot of studying in this area. I've read books on it. Still can't distinguish what the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath is. Some people say they're interchangeable words. Some people say that it's, you know, there's a difference. I, I, I don't know. But, I mean, they're uh, used interchangeably a lot. They, they but are, yeah. You know, there's psychopathy and hallucinations and that whole thing that's different right. than someone who just is no feeling of empathy or connection they, for they used to call it some, oh go ahead oh no no that was they used to call it moral insanity yeah. <laughs> yeah, i think that was like the the old-fashioned term for it which i mean you know if somebody doesn't have a moral compass which i think is what you know no conscience yeah then uh you know what, what? I prefer the term the term cray cray. <laughs> hey, you guys cut out for a second there. Oh, sorry. What? Oh, John was just talking about how he preferred the term cray cray over sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a little cray cray. He's just a little cray cray. What? What? I mean, is there like a test to find out if somebody is like some questions you would ask or like what would? How would you know? I mean, there's certainly psychological assessments that you know refer someone to if I'm really concerned that you know that might be the case but it's yeah I, I think the the what what really defines a, a sociopath is just someone who's not capable of you know empathy and it's uh, what was it I was watching what was the show uh lie to me where they had oh, yeah, an episode yeah. where there's a there's a sociopath um they were dealing with and it was like when he was very little, he let his little sister drown in the pool because I, I wanted her bike and she was just in the way. Like that, <laughs> yeah. no sort of connection Pro about like other people have feelings and it's sad that my sister died. There's no, that doesn't register. Cruel, <laughs> cruelty to animals, I think, is, yeah, is exactly. a sign. Like it, yeah. it's funny because I mean, there is like a trend in, in modern society. And I think that that's what, why you see more and more characters in, television especially that are a little bit more sociopathic in the way that they act yeah. and it's because people mistake it as like a character like like it's a it's a character flourish like yeah. that if somebody said like oh well like i was gonna let my sister drown because i wanted her bike like they'd laugh it off and like don't yeah. really think about how horrible that is and that, that maybe that they're you know serious yeah. And, uh, and, and that's, you know, I, I see a lot of like, you know, the entertainment industry, which, you know, obviously we work in, it's like more and more, they try to shoehorn these characters in, but they try to have their cake and eat it too, because they have to right. make them relatable. So yeah. then they give them, you know, human qualities of emotion and, and like mm. you said, empathy and remorse. And, and it's, uh, but, but by definition, if they're a sociopath, they are, they don't have right. empathy remorse that that's not going to read they'll they may fake it in order to get a get a reaction yeah. uh, 
Yeah. And they get boring really fast. Yeah, because you, you you don't want you, you don't want to relate to somebody like. Well, that. yeah, you if, think of like the new Sherlock he, Holmes, like the new Sherlock Holmes. It's like yeah. they try and say he's yeah. a sociopath, but he kind of cares that about was, his friends. That was always one of my biggest beefs with the new Sherlock Holmes is that he mm. he classifies himself as a sociopath, which I thought was just a cool way. Like they were like, oh, this will be cool if he just like says that. But the original Sherlock Holmes wasn't like that. He just accepted mm. that he was a little bit emotionally cold. But he had moments of lapse where he, you know, he would let reason sort of take, you know, side, a side seat. Anyways. Well, and I think, I think a lot of the take on, you know, the old Sherlock Holmes stuff was he was just a little bit on the autism spectrum, a little Asperger. And just, I just don't connect with people and I don't really care to. And I'd rather just overanalyze everything, which, you know, it worked for him. Do you, do you think, like you mentioned Asperger's and I feel like, nowadays like it's almost like add in the 90s i feel like that thing like being somebody being having adhd like see i don't know it's in trendy. my opinion it seemed like it was over diagnosed to yeah. like just oh kids are kids and 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 right. like it, they're, they're medicating kids because they just you know they can't concentrate or whatever um but i feel like asperger's is another thing like that in recent like every time i watch a tv show tv show now like a reality <laughs> show or a contest it's like oh that's the one with asperger's but i never right. heard of that <laughs> I never heard of that ten years ago. Or so right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's well, and it gets really confusing because it's you know Asperger's is characterized by you know not really picking up on social cues, but you know especially with technology and just being relationally disconnected, um, just uh, everyone's socially awkward uh, with, <laughs> a lot of times now. So like it's it's easy to you know lump someone into that category. They may just be really anxious. In about connecting with people or not know how to do that, um, and they just need some help, and they're capable of that. They're picking yeah. up on social cues. They just social anxiety. Yeah, that's what I f- I feel like. It's like it's like the, the joke about the oh he's a sex addict. Oh, you mean a man? Well, I feel like oh he's got Asperger's. Oh, you mean a teenager? Like he doesn't know how to talk to girls. Yeah, it's because he's thirteen. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he's oh, he's he's never met a woman. Um, I think uh, I think right. we're I think we're dodging the issue here, which is is John a social? <laughs> we have to figure this. We out. have to figure. I mean, he's Canadian, so maybe. My last blood test came back clean. (laughs) (laughs) Are there facial characteristics that help you? There's, there's actually there's the 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 one book that I I guess I could like. I mean, I'm not I'm not the therapist on this show, so maybe I'm I'm overstepping my bounds. But the one you can be, you can you can be though. Donovan Fowler, therapist extraordinary. No, I would never, I would never. take on that home because I haven't earned it. But I did read a book once called, uh, I think it was called Without Conscience, and it was by Robert Hare, and it has a, a, a sociopath. But see, the, the thing about it is, is that I think what you, the danger you always get into that is that people try to self-diagnose or they, mm. they try to diagnose other people, which I mean, I think it's good to be aware of, you know, yeah. maybe the mental capacities of other people. But sometimes you can, you can just look at one thing they do and be like, "Oh, they're a sociopath. They forgot to pay me back. They're a yeah. sociopath." You know, right, right. So he I, I think care. I think some people like one thing that happened to me after I read that book was it gave me a much bleaker view of humanity because I was like, "Oh, this is depressing. Like everybody's a everybody's psycho." You know, <laughs> you know that must be your your whole world uh, all day every day. Yeah. No, you got you got to learn to take care of yourself for sure. Um, a big thing that comes in, you know, it's it's definitely not 
sociopathic, but you know, the other big buzzword that people are throwing around these days is narcissist. Hmm. Um, and, and I think that that's a big thing that comes up more and more about just fascination with the self and, and where I see it with, with relationships, um, it comes up huge with, uh, sex and pornography addiction and then how people interact in relationships is they can't connect to their partner's needs, um, or just someone that my, my behavior, or my, um, sexual acting out or just emotional reactions has an effect on someone else. Um, it's almost like it's a shock to them when, when you're upset by something I might've done. Yeah. See, that's, that's odd to me because it does seem like I mean, that, that seems like something maybe if you had grown up in an environment and, and, you know, kids these days, it's like, especially with sex and and porn, it's like, it's, it's their condition to think it's not a big deal, you know, that Mm. it's something normal. Mm, So it's, it's, it's different because I mean, obviously I grew, I, well, I grew up in like, you know, a, a, a stable family and, you know, I was always raised to know that those things were, you know damaging to oneself if you abuse them mm-hmm. and um and and i think that it's it's just so odd to me to think that somebody would have such disregard for for other people this sounds like a humble brag like like i'm like saying <laughs> oh i'm such a good person but no it just it like that you that you wouldn't have i guess it's a i guess it's kind of like a lack of self-awareness i mean sure. w- is what m- you might add it up to as, as a kid, I always, or as a teenager, when I heard the term Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. I thought it was referring to <laughs> the porn industry. That's what I, well, no, yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought that too. We're, yeah, just dirty minds. Well, well, you mentioned the show Lie to Me, right? And I don't yeah. want to ruin it. Do you watch the show or? Uh, it's, I, I binge watched a couple seasons yeah. and then kind of fizzled out uh towards the end but um yeah i saw a bunch of it spoiler alert. there's one thing that i noticed and i hope i don't ruin the show for anyone who's a fan of it but at they the beginning for a couple years <laughs> and, yeah that's true I, but i noticed that anytime that um somebody thinks that um the character or whatever on the show that they're analyzing is lying they're always wrong and the lead is like no i know he's telling the truth but if anybody thinks they're telling the truth he's always like no they're lying and i know why it's like so you could predict the pattern of every episode (laughs) right it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks he's gonna uh, what's his name tim roth he's gonna think the opposite (laughs) and he's gonna explain why you're an idiot for thinking that <laughs> human lie detector man yeah. all you gotta right. do is watch those right. pupils and the pulse and you got it well if uh, uh, Eric if anybody needs yeah. some help where can they go where can they find you if they wanna talk to you yeah so um, my, my website's just ericandersoncounseling.com uh, Eric with a C um, and you can email me at Eric at Eric Anderson counseling.com. And you know, if that's, if that's, you know, you're looking for a therapist, you're looking to, to do some work, whether about addiction or just, you know, there's some underlying stuff, something you're, you're struggling with. You're not really sure why uh, I'd be happy to help. Or even if it's just, um, you know, to kind of point you in the right direction, you know, bounce some, uh, questions off me. I'm happy to do that. Um, I, I like to, you know, just kind of get a healthy conversation going. And I, I like to consider myself someone, just, you know, safe and easy to talk to about these things, um, just to get the conversation started. So yeah, feel free. Definitely. And he we'll, will not literally shrink your head. <laughs> <laughs> he will not. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for, uh, coming on and we'll have to have you on, uh, again in the future. And, yeah, uh, definitely. yeah, thanks again. Definitely. Yeah. It was a ton of fun and, uh, keep me posted.
Definitely. Thanks, man. Thanks. Take care, guys. Well, we're coming to the end of the show, and that was a great, uh, informative interview with uh, Eric. And you know, maybe we should just have him on, like, for an ask a therapist segment as part of the show every now and then. I think that'd be good. He's young. He's hip. He's hip. He gets us. He gets it. Um, yeah, and uh, thanks again for everybody who listens to the show and for the people that support us on Patreon. And if you want to support the show, um, no pressure. You don't have to. But if you want to, you say, oh, I like this show. I could spare, uh, you know, a dollar an episode. You can go to patreon.com slash gentscofflaw. And there are a couple of tiers that you can uh, join in on and get some uh, some little extra perks every month uh, related to the show. Um, like That's- some extra, you know, movie review episodes. Uh, we did a, an episode at the Big Shave West. Um you know, uh, maybe I might, maybe I might post like some pictures of me without my shirt on. Um, so <laughs> Very if that, if that entices you, you can go there. Or if you just say you want to support the show, you want to support the show and you, uh, you want to represent, you could go to our shop on our website, gentlemanscofflaw.com. And we've got some merch there, like some t-shirts and, and cups. Oh, right. And, some stuff know. that fell off a truck. <laughs> we're selling for various prices. Yeah, but it was a nice truck. It yeah, was. it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, before we go, I did the math. We're at about five seventy-five a gallon up here. Oh gosh, wow. Mm, yeah, that's just what. What are we now? I haven't looked in a few days. We're at about. Um, uh, I think it's hovering just above two fifty. Usually two seventy-five. So there, you're almost like. Twice as much as here, and here is like almost twice as much as Texas. Not twice as much, but you know, yeah, much more than Texas. California sucks. Um, oh yeah, other it does. than the weather. Other than the weather, <laughs> you just <laughs> you pay for the weather in every other way possible. Yeah, tax. <laughs> that weather tax they apply to everything. Yeah, and of course, everything we talk about on this show are linked in the show notes on our website. And um, actually, you know what we're doing next week? We're doing this week. When when this episode goes up, we're doing a giveaway, another giveaway. Mm. Um, with How do I enter? One of our sponsors, uh, Phoenix <laughs> Shaving. Um, we're going to give away some Tombstone aftershave and cologne, which is really uh, their nice stuff, stuff is great. I mean, honestly, like I've been using their deodorant this last week, yeah, and uh, the flies have all left me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the ladies are. <laughs> Are starting to walk a little closer to me, so you know I'm not I'm not repulsive anymore. Well, there you go. But That's their, a solid endorsement. Their, their aftershave is also quite. I'm not good. repulsive anymore. <laughs> Phoenix, I'm not repulsive, um, but no, it's uh, it, good products. I yeah, like good them. stuff. So if you want to win one of those, go to inst- our Instagram page, which is uh, Jen Scofflaw, and there'll be the photo on there for the giveaway. And just read the description; it'll tell you exactly what you need to do to enter, and we'll mention the winner on the next show so there's always a winner and five runner ups and uh, we're giving away some swag with our with our stuff too with the, with the giveaway too so go ahead and do that do it or don't do it it's a free country or not but whatever do it it might not be according to handmaid's tale in a few years <laughs> when we're all gonna be surrogates <laughs> all right guys uh john you are a gentleman in a scofflaw my friend Thank you. So Don- are you. Donovan, you are a gentleman and a scofflaw, my friend. And you are a scofflaw and a gentleman. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You guys have a great weekend. This has been the Gentleman Scofflaw Podcast. 
Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Visit us on the interwebs at gentlemanscofflaw.com. Captain says, his ice on the river, we ain't getting home if we don't break through. So damn cold, I can't help but shiver. Rise and shine, we got work to do. Hey! Shiver, rattle, shine, we got work.